Hey guys, it's Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about um, the thyroid medication called tyrosentin. Specifically, we're going to be talking about tyrosin, first level thyroxin, but also um, compare it to the other thyroid medications that exist out there. And I'm going to try to make the case uh, uh, for why you might want to consider switching medications from what um, generally like level thyroxin or synthroid over to tyrosin. Okay. So um, let's kind of jump right in here. Uh, if you didn't already know, tyrosint is a T4 only thyroid medication, all right? Um, and that's important because T4 only medications, um, they, they, the other medications in this category include level thyroxine, synthroid, um, levoxyl, et cetera. And these are generally the medications that most doctors prescribe. Um, T, they're, the fact that they're T4 only is very important because T4 in order to be activated in the body has to be converted to T3, right? So by taking a T4 only medication, you're kind of operating under, under the assumption that there is um, complete conversion happening in the body. And that turns out to not be accurate in many cases, especially in settings of inflammation and chronic illness, etc. Um, but um, and, and by the way, this might be part of the reason why many patients don't do well on level thyroxine and synthroid, right? This might be the fact that, you know, you may give them the T4, which is inactive, but they don't actually convert it to T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. So T4, so tyrosine falls into this category of T4 only. Um, but it's different than the other T4 medications because it's a little bit, uh, quote unquote, cleaner um, in, the, in terms of the inactive ingredients, um, included with the active ingredient okay so I'm going to explain that a little bit more because that concept might be a little bit nebulous to you but let's say let's just compare levothyroxine and let's compare tyrosine so levothyroxine and tyrosine both have the active ingredient which is um, T4 thyroid hormone okay so they both have that and if you get 50 micrograms of levothyroxine or 50 micrograms of tyrosine you're getting the same amount of T4 in both of these formulations right so where they differ in is the amount of inactive ingredients. And I'm going to show you a chart um, that, and show you exactly what's in levothyroxine and exactly, and exactly what's in tyrosine. But the point is here is that these inactive ingredients may explain why certain patients do much better on tyrosine versus levothyroxine. Okay, and that, that might sound a little bit confusing right now, but we'll, we'll talk about it exactly why that, that happens. So, Tyrosint uh, has one active ingredient and three inactive ingredients. And as far as medications go, that's pretty darn clean. Um, in fact, most medications have a, a slew of inactive things um, added to them. So you can see here that tyrosint contains um, the level thyroxine, which is the T4 component, which is the active thyroid hormone. Then the three inactive ingredients include gelatin, glycerin, and water. So those are inactive and those are, those are pretty benign, all things considered. Now, let's just compare that to levothyroxine. So levothyroxine has levothyroxine in it, which is the T4 thyroid component, which is the active ingredient. But then take a look at all these inactive ingredients. So butylated, hydroxyanisole, silicon dioxide, magnesium stearate, mannitol cellulose, povidone, sodium lauryl sulfate, sucrose, and then a whole bunch of color additives, which depends on the size and the dosing. So if you're getting a pink levothyroxine pill versus a purple levothyroxine pill, there are different fillers and add or dyes that are included in there to make it that color, right? It's something has to be added. And so, so this is where things get really interesting. Um, part of the problem 
that, well, let me talk about this first and we'll, we'll jump into there. So um, I'm going to mention real quick here, the, and I've included the graph here, which is actually pretty interesting. It includes, um, in addition to all of those inactive ingredients we mentioned with level thyroxin, this is the, the colors and dyes that are added to each of the various strengths of level thyroxin. So you can see the 25 microgram strength has FD&C yellow number six, aluminum lake, whatever that is. Obviously, it sounds a little, sounds a little odd. But when you get to the 50 microgram dose, it actually doesn't have any, any additional fillers or dyes. So if you're on level thyroxin and you can't switch to tyrosine for whatever reason, and we'll talk about potential obstacles that, that may um, occur, you might want to consider just switching your dose to some variable of uh, 50 micrograms. So for instance, let's say you're on 125 micrograms of level thyroxin and you're taking the 125 microgram uh, tablet right here, which includes FDNC blue number one, aluminum lake, FDNC red number four, aluminum lake, FDNC yellow number six, blah, blah. So let's say you're on that one pill. Well, what you can do is you can actually switch to uh, 50 micrograms and take two and a half of the 50 microgram tablets, which doesn't include any of these other fillers, and get to the same dose. So if, if tyrosine is not an option, that may be something worth considering for you. Okay. So, um, Let's talk about why you why this would even matter. Why does it matter that there's so few inactive ingredients in tyrosine? How does this impact, you know, why you may want to consider and, and, and how does this change things in your body? So if you're considering, so I want to go over the patients that should, should consider doing this. And so it's worth spending a little bit of time because this is, let me just paint the picture of, of what's happening from a pathophysiologic standpoint in the hypothyroidism um, kind of body here. So thyroid hormones involved in the production of stomach acid. We know that. Um, but what you may not realize is low thyroid hormone leads to low stomach acid, and then low stomach acid is required for the absorption of many nutrients, including iron and vitamin B12. It's required for the proper breakdown of food, um, the assimilation of micronutrients, etc. So if you have a situation where you're having low thyroid hormone, okay, well, hypothyroidism from whatever cause, could be Hashimoto's, autoimmune thyroiditis, could be nutrient deficiency, whatever, you have low thyroid hormone in your body, you are going to have low stomach acid, right? Um, but what makes it difficult is if we give you then a medication to try and replace your low thyroid hormone, but we're giving you a medication that has all these inactive ingredients and fillers, it, your body is still required to break down that medication for complete absorption. But if you're having a hard time breaking down the food, it's not inconceivable to, to imagine that it's going to be difficult for you to break down that medication, right? So it's, it's just kind of a little bit of intu intuition and common sense here. But so if I give you 50, mic and this is an exagger gross exaggera exaggeration, but it can kind of help you understand and drive this point home. So let's say I give you 50 micrograms of level thyroxin and your body, because of the low stomach acid, is only able to break down and absorb half of that dose, right? So you're only going to get half of the dose you think you're getting, right? Compare that to tyrosine. So if I gave you 50 micrograms of tyrosine, there's, it's not hard for your body to break it down because there's so few inactive ingredients in there. So you're, you're able to assimilate, assimilate that. Your, your stomach acid, even though it's a little bit less, is able to break down that, um, the capsule and the other byproducts, and it allows for rapid absorption, especially since it's kind of in a liquid base. So that's one of the, way, one of the reasons that many patients will report this dramatic improvement when they switch from level thyroxine over to tyrosine or synthroid over to tyrosine. And I don't think it's because it's a magical medication. I think it's just because your body's actually absorbing the, the thyroid hormone that it really needs. Okay, so let's kind of put that in mind and explain then who should consider using it now that we kind of have that in the back of our head. So first of all, any patient with gastrointestinal issues, okay, which includes but is not limited to any of the following um, 
GI-related symptoms. So if you have a known diagnosis of these things, then you, you might not be absorbing the, for the reasons I mentioned previously. So this includes low stomach acid, right? So that includes every patient with hypothyroidism that isn't being treated. Acid reflux, so that could be, um, GERD would be another, another name. And I should point out here too that anybody taking acid blockers falls into this group too because acid blockers by definition reduces that the amount of acid in your stomach, right? That's what, that's what it's supposed to do, which influences that your digestion further. If you have a known diagnosis of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is this, this, which is SIBO right here, or small intestinal fungal overgrowth, SIFO. So SIBO and SIFO tend to go together, but um, and they're very common. About they have about a, a prevalence of about 50% or so um, it, among hypothyroid patients. So there's a basically a one in a coin coin flip uh, chance that you have SIBO and or SIFO. The next thing on the list is irritable bowel syndrome, so you know if you have that. Generally, you know if you have that. Um, doctors are usually pretty good at diagnosing that. Um, inflammatory bowel disease, that's what IBD stands for. And then any GI-related surgery that alters your anatomy in the GI tract. So that could be like gastric bypass or Roux-en-Y surgery, some sort of um, gastric banding, whatever it is, anything that anatomically changes your intestinal tract generally in the vicinity of the, the stomach and the small intestines. It gets less important if you're in the colonic area, but it, upper um, GI-related surgeries that change your anatomy, you, you, would in, you would be included in this group here. Okay, and that's obvious, right? Any of these GI symptoms will alter the absorption. It'll change the amount of stomach acid that's available. It'll, it'll alter all of those things that we just mentioned. Another, another group of patients who should consider this is patients who just know they don't tolerate synthoid levothyroxine or levoxyl, right? or patients who have taken these things but have experienced negative reactions to them, which is probably from the inactive ingredients, as we mentioned before. Um, the third, third category would be patients with multiple food allergies or sensitivities. So this, again, is, is very common sense. The, the more sensitivities that you have or the, the more uh, hypersensitive you are to inactive ingredients, well, you're probably, you have a higher chance of reacting to the inactive ingredients in level thyroxine because there's just more of them, right? This is just, this is just statistics. If, you, there's more, if, you have, if you're more sensitive and there's more ingredients, then you're more likely to react, right? So if you fall into that category, and you know who you are if you have multiple food allergies and sensitivities. Usually these people know, you know, they, they have weird reactions to food and to medicines and they're reacting all the time. They tend to have to start low with medications, etc. Next category would be patients who have increased intestinal permeability, okay? Um, that is really the, the name, the, the, the real name for, for what you probably refer to as or have known as uh, leaky gut, right? So um, this is a little bit better way to describe it because what, what it means is that the intestinal barrier is not as um, tight as it should be, which allows um, larger products to go through which can stimulate the immune system and through molecular mimicry and a number of other um, issues can cause, well, it's felt to be at least contributing to autoimmune disease and a number of other issues. But um, you may know, again, if you have intestinal increased intestinal permeability, um, aka leaky gut. Patients, this is another interesting one, so next category would be patients who don't tolerate NDT medications or are too sensitive to T3-containing medications, right? So if you've been, if you were switched from, let's say, Synthroid over to um, armor thyroid because you finally convinced your doctor to do that, but you were having, you know, you know, crazy heart palpitation, sweating, jitteries, or anxiety, any of those symptoms, then you just may be somebody who, you know, is, may not be ready for T3 medications or because of other problems and nutrient deficiencies in your body, you're just not quite ready to tolerate that T3. Now, yes, that, that topic is a little more complex, so I'm not going to dive into it, but 
generally what will happen is you'll take the doctor will you know at the insistence of the patient will finally switch somebody from let's say Synthroid 100 mics to you know Armour Thyroid 60 milligrams and the patient develops heart palpitations and they say see I told you this is a bad medication well that's that's not entirely true but it's probably easier to just have your your doctor then switch you from Armour Thyroid to tyrosine than it is to try and go up on the dose and to titrate that T3 and you know manage that whole that whole system but it is possible it just it's kind of variable in there in terms of how you react okay then the last one is patients who have experienced some improvement on level thyroxine or synthroid but there's still some more room for improvement so let me explain what I'm what I mean here so let's say you're diagnosed with hypothyroidism you start off on levothyroxine, you notice a 25% improvement, you go up, you get another 25% improvement, so you're sitting at maybe a 50% improvement, and then you're kind of stuck there, right? So your energy's up a little bit, maybe you, you lost a couple pounds of weight, whatever, um, but you're just not all the way there, and your doctor's like, hey, your labs are fine. So what, what might be happening is, well, a number of things might be happening, but those patients who fall into that category um, may benefit from switching over to um, Chirosin. So we have kind of a pretty broad list, but it's all, it all makes sense, it's all intuitive, um, and it's, it's kind of obvious as to why you might want to switch. Um, now, there's one other thing well, I talk about here just to make sure that you, you, know, you get the proper amount of um, HCL, and you can take some, some supplements to kind of boost that. Um, I also talk about B12 deficiency, which we kind of already mentioned, so we're not going to touch base on that um, further at this point. But here's a question I get a lot, um, and that is, does tyrosine cause more weight loss than level thyroxine or synthroid? Okay, everybody in the in the thyroid community is, and, and rightfully so, is is worried about weight in in some way, right? They they just wanna they wanna do whatever they can, um, and I get it. It's very difficult to lose weight if you have hypothyroidism for again a number of reasons, which we're not going to go into here. Um, but let me attempt to answer this question without getting um, um, too nuanced here. So. First of all, the answer is it maybe, right? That's always going to be the answer, maybe. But let's say if you were on level thyroxine, you were feeling good, and you made the switch, um, you're probably not going to be in that category that's going to have um, a significant amount of weight loss. But if you were taking level thyroxine and you were either reacting negatively to the inactive ingredients or you simply weren't absorbing it because of the GI-related issues that we mentioned previously, then taking synthroid, then taking, sorry, not synthroid, then taking tyrosine may allow for increased absorption of, of the hormone, which may allow for you know, assimilation and conversion of T4 to T3, and then you might experience the, the weight loss that you were looking for initially. So there's, a, there's some ifs there um, and some maybes there, but it, you still have a, let me put it this way, you still have a higher chance of achieving the weight loss on tyrosine versus level thyroxine or synthroid, simply because of the assimilation, the absorption, and then the lack of um, risk, I should say, of reacting to inactive ingredients. So probably one of the best ways, now, you know, if you've, if you've paid attention to any of the stuff that I've put out, if you followed my blog or anything like that, then you probably know that I'm a big fan of combining T4 medications with T3 medications. So tyrosin is actually a really good medication to combine with other medications. So when I say, you know, switch to tyrosin, you know, yeah, generally some of you out there may only need T4 if you, if you have no issues with converting, but the reality is many patients do have some issues with converting. Um, T4 to T3 is what I'm referring to when I say conversion. So uh, the good news is that you can simply add cytomel or lyothyronine or sustained release T3 to tyrosine, and you get, a, you get a pretty robust reaction. So it is safe. Um, you know, don't worry about that. The next thing is tyrosine dosage versus level thyroxine dosage. Um, if anything, you might actually need less tyrosine compared to level thyroxine simply because of that, that likely increased absorption. So 
But if you're going to transfer straight over, um, you can usually do that with maybe a little bit of titration or maybe start at maybe 75% of the dose and kind of go from there. It, that's really individual. Um, you know, it just kind of depends on the person, their absorption, their history, their GI tract problems, how many other hormone imbalances they have, et cetera. But generally, you can kind of consider the tyrosine dosage to the level thyroxine dosage. dosage. Um, it should go across pretty, pretty rapidly. Um, I want to go over a couple other FAQs here. So frequently asked questions I get all the time from patients that, that may actually help you. So, so let's kind of do that. Is tyrosine a T4-only thyroid medication? Yes, absolutely. So there are limitations in terms of how effective this might be for you because it is a T4-only medication, T4-only thyroid medication. Now, having said that, it's probably the best of all the T4-only medications, right? So I've included a list here. Medications that contain um, T4 include levothyroxine, Synthroid, Tyrosine, and Levoxyl. There might be other names for this in your country um, or whatever it is that you're, that you're from, but generally these are T4 only and the active ingredient is going to be levothyroxine. Okay, compare that to medications that contain T3 only include Cytomel, Lyothyronine, and then SRT3, which is sustained release T3. And then here we go on, this is the, the group of medications that contain both T4 and T3. That's usually the natural desiccated thyroid um, comp, uh, formulations like Armour Thyroid, WP Thyroid, Nature Thyroid. But you can also get formulations from a compounded pharmacy that have T4 and T3 in them in variable dosage. Um, but the point is, yes, tyrosine is a T4 only medication, but I believe that it's probably the best of all of that subcategory of T4 only. Um, will tyrosine work for me is the next question here. And I don't have a good answer for you. I, I don't know. Um, in my opinion, it tends to be more tolerated or better tolerated than the other T4 thyroid medications, but also in my experience, most of my patients do need T3 in some form. Very few patients are able to completely take whatever T4 I give them and natively convert that into T3 and not have any issues, okay? But um, I do, it's worth pointing out that I have kind of a biased sampling of, of the population as a whole because I'm really only seeing patients that are have been the multiple endocrinologists or family practice doctors who have tried multiple different types of medication combinations and such. So I, I realize I'm probably seeing more of the, the more difficult or complex cases. Um, so in reality, even though I say only 2% of my patients do well on T4, that may not be true if we extrapolated this out to the, to the entire you know, U.S. population or, or uh, beyond that even. So just consider that. I do think you have a better chance of, of having this be more effective for you than, let's say, level thyroxine alone. But don't be surprised if you do get some improvement but you're not all the way there because then that might be an indication that you are not converting and maybe you need some T3 added on to your, um, to your total dose. Hopefully that's making a little bit of sense there. So... Uh, the next thing is, can tyrosine cause weight gain? And absolutely, it can cause weight gain, right? So, and this, this kind of blows the mind of a lot of people, and I'm not sure why this is so difficult for people to understand, but yes, the thyroid medications can cause uh, weight gain. And paradox, I mean, I have, a, I have an idea as to why that is. I'm not exactly entirely sure, but my suspicion is it's probably due to, some, again, this conversion issue that we keep bringing up. So it seems like some people, just to kind of give this to you um, at a, as a general concept, T4 must be converted to T3 um, in the body in order to be activated. But the thing is, is T4 has two options. It can convert to reverse T3, which you don't want because that's an antithyroid metabolite, or it can convert to T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. So it's kind of like your body has a choice. Now, if you provide your body with substrate, you're just really hoping that the body's taking that T4, that substrate, and turning it into T3. But 
in certain scenarios and, and under certain physiologic conditions, your body say, may say, uh-uh, I'm going to take that T4 and convert it to reverse T3. And then that, now you're just, you know, basically fueling the flame and making everything worse. So that's probably, or at least in part, why I think some patients can gain weight on T4-only medications. This can, this can actually happen on NDT. But paradoxically, and I really don't have a good answer as to why this can happen, and so I, I don't write about it a lot because I'm not exactly sure, but T3-only medications can cause weight gain too, which is very interesting to me. And I, I don't know if that's a combination that has to do with muscle mass or something else, but um, anyway, so we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. But the point is, tyrosin can cause weight gain like other T4 medications. So how do you take it? Like other thyroid medications, take it first thing in the morning. I do have patients that can take it at night. I mean, that's, again, I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole other kind of topic by itself. Um, but you can take it generally away from food. I usually say minimum at least one to two hours away from away from food and away from other supplements. Some are worse than others like um, calcium and iron. You want to get it as far away, at least four hours from those things. Um, but in general, take it by itself and alone um, because that will increase the uh, likelihood of complete absorption. Um, can tyrosin be used with other thyroid medications? Absolutely. Um, I like to combine it with immediate release forms of T3 like cytomel or lyostethyronine. Um, and then lastly, does tyrosin, actually this isn't lastly, we'll talk about cost lastly, I believe. Um, so does tyrosin have any side effects? And yes, absolutely. So most of the side effects come from, from two main um, causes here. So we've got the, the side effects caused by too much thyroid hormone, okay, which, and those symptoms mimic hyperthyroidism. And then we have the side effects from inactive ingredients. So in this case, and levothyroxine, a lot of people actually feel like they're, they're getting quote-unquote hyperthyroid or whatever it is. That's actually not true. Most, most people on levothyroxine actually react to the inactive components, and they have very weird headaches, flushing, rashes, you know, things like that, very, very abnormal symptoms that may be confused with hyperthyroid-like symptoms, but it generally is due to these inactive ingredients you're reacting to. So the, the hyperthyroid-like symptoms you may experience if you have too much medication include heart palpitations, feelings of anxiety or jittery sensation, rapid weight loss, sensation of overheating or feeling like you're warm or feeling like you're flushing, anxiety, depression, or other mood changes, things like that, insomnia, inability to to sleep at night, reduced uh, depth and quality of your sleep or changing your sleeping patterns. Those are all things that may um, relate to too much thyroid hormone. And if you have those symptoms, you really need to get checked out you know, rather quickly. Now compare that to the headaches and the flushing and the rashes and um, the weird gastrointestinal symptoms, maybe some diarrhea or upset stomach or you know, migraines, things like that. That's more related to the inactive ingredients. But as I mentioned, tyrosine has fewer inactive ingredients. So patients tend to get less of those reactions, okay? And then lastly, um, tyrosine cost. So it's worth talking about this because it's a new medication. Pharmaceutical companies can kind of price it however they want in the beginning until the patent falls off. So in this case, they've decided that you can, the cash price is right around, let's see, $122 depending on location and, and you can use GoodRx. I tell you how to kind of do that if you want. Um, and now that's the cash price assuming you have no insurance or anything like that. Now, luckily, they have some copay issues and some coupons that, that you can get, I guess, as low as 35 bucks a month um, by clicking at some of these links that I've given you. But the point is, and, and what I, the, the point here is that there are things that you can do, but even if they don't work, it's probably worth at least a one-month trial of paying a little bit more to see if this can impact your, impact your life for the better, right? So in my opinion, it'd be worth spending 100 bucks a month if that meant that your energy levels improved 50 to 70%. If you lost an extra 10 pounds, if you did all these other things, right, that would probably be worth that increase in cost. On the other hand, if switching 
cut, you know, is of no benefit to you, then probably not worth staying on it, right? And then if you're anywhere in between there, you're going to have to kind of play that one by ear based off of, you know, um, how you feel, how much improvement you got, if any, and, and kind of go from there. Um, but yes, tyrosine can be a little more expensive um, than traditional medications, just to give you enough, to be honest about that. Um, and I have nothing to do with tyrosine, by the way, um, or the company. I just, um, I'm just giving you this information here and giving you some resources. So um, that's kind of the end of this, this, uh, this video, guys. So if you have any questions, um, I'd love to hear them. So let me know if you've been on Level Thyroxine, if you switched to tyrosine, if that caused or helped, um, you know, reduce your symptoms or had any improvement. Subjectively, I know a lot of patients who have made the switch and have felt a lot better. They get a ton of improvement. But that, that's just subjectively. I, there's not a lot of data that shows switching can be superior. And because of the current treatment paradigm, not a lot of, not a lot of uh, endocrinologists and GPs consider the inactive ingredient as something that's, that's limiting uh, the benefit that medication may provide, even though it makes sense intuitively, right? So anyway, hope you guys found this helpful. If you have any questions, please leave them below. I'll do my best to get back to you and answer them as soon as I can. Okay, talk to you guys later.